0: Hello again, everybody. Uh, this has been uh, hard trying to get the second part of this uh, uploaded. So where I left off is defeat of defeat of corporations and companies in the late 1990s on the internet. I started um, actually I had a GeoCities web a web account uh, in 1999, and I developed a blog and a website from that. And it, in my early days of trying to learn what HTML was and how to set those things up. It was quite neat and quite an experience. So why I say defeat is because uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, They archived it and uh, there's no updating it. Things come and go. You can call it creative destruction, as uh, I think uh, economist Joseph Schumpeter mentioned. Uh, But more to the point, I think there's a, there's a substantial part of us that knows that uh, there are cycles in life. That being said, defeat shouldn't be by um, shouldn't be by nefarious means. You shouldn't lose because somebody else is cheating you, or or disrupting you, or are intentionally uh, changing the rules midstream in order to gain an advantage over you. Which is something that uh, the globalists do all the time. It's why people like Bill Gates are so deadly. Bill Gates wanted to change the rules of the game uh quite often in his life. Um he did that with uh Microsoft uh um his uh his company, uh Stephen Ballmer. I think he was uh I think he was uh nearly written out of his company by uh Gates because he was trying to get an upper hand. This is what I've heard of this is that this is just a just as mu- this this didn't come directly from the man himself, Balmer. But uh, I think it was uh, Mentioned in a biography of some Sort so I'd have to go back and Find that out but uh, It sounds to me like he's been quite the Nefarious character over over the Decades always looking to Scheme and get ahead by uh, Taking advantage of people uh, Especially in their weakest Moments Uh, he's done That with our education system he did That in 2008 Um, For example he Gates funded the common core and uh, he um he made relationships with people and they didn't vote on on making changes he just went ahead and did it um without anybody having any oversight or overview the problem and this is this is part and parcel people need to become much more invested in in and actually not only be not only just say that they don't agree with something they need to stand up and fight for themselves from the get go you can't give a leftist any inch at all. All leftists are one thing, and one thing: are they're persistent in their evil. I say they're persistent in their evil because they have a refusal to—they have a refusal to give up. They believe that Marxism works. They believe that communism is the best things since sliced bread, as long as they're in charge. That's what they always believe. They believe that they're going to be in charge, and they don't care how they go about getting it. They just want to grasp at power and they want to destroy anybody who has any semblance of fairness in the game. See, people are fair. This is something that I, this is one of the biggest uh, thinking errors, I would say, of the last 60 years amongst people who don't understand life is that they feel that someone's always, uh, they feel that everything is totally unfair when people are actually trying to be fair to them. Like, for example, women, for example, they think every man is out to get them, uh, at least if they're a hardcore feminist. They, they they've portrayed that. I use them as an example because they're part they're probably one of the most persistent uh, dogmas that have that have wrecked our country in the past sixty years. And the persistency of their dogma has, has infiltrated academia. Uh, education, our K through twelve through education, our legal system. They've infiltrated these uh, these avenues and they've contorted and distorted every every case and scenario because they want to win so badly and they don't care what the Constitution says. They don't care what the actual laws are supposed to be. and more more sickening is that that we have enough prosecutors and enough judges, and the police officers that have go that'll go along with this because they want to keep the pe- they they call it keeping the peace, but in reality it is they just don't want to deal with the situation and they they let the person who cries the loudest wins, and that's what the left does. They cry a lot that's why they're called cry bullies they like to bully people into getting what they want, and that's why they're so dangerous right now they're not they 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 see themselves as the As the the victims, but in being oppressed, but the reality is they are the bullies and they are the oppressors. They like to be oppressive in their thinking, and they dislike people who talk to them even in a rational manner. And they make it hard to even have a discussion with them, because at some point you have to say you're deluded, you're hurting people, you're out there killing people in the streets, or you're. Or you're wrecking their property. If you're not killing them, you're wrecking their property. Property. That's why they go on and violent. They they use an incident that happened in Minneapolis again, which. Uh, do I think it was uh, the right thing to do for the officer? No, but she's already been arrested. They don't even let the judicial process work, because they don't let the judicial process work, which is, something happens, an incident occurs, there's an investigation. Charges are brought, and then they go from there. Charges either brought or not brought. The fact that we have mayors making asinine comments about how how cops should respond to this, and this this isn't from somebody who particularly cares for what the cops are doing anymore. I think there are many cops out here that are dangerously crossing the line into authoritarianism. They think that they, because they have a power of the badge and many of those cops, the reason why they have that power now is because of replacement cops over the ones who just quit. We're getting rid of good, uh, I would say veteran officers who've decided to quit because they can't stand it anymore and they're being replaced by young, naive, and rather stupid cops who like, who like that badge and they like the power that comes along with it and they're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're making enemies of people. And they're going to continue to make enemies of people, and they think that they're going to defeat everybody with their, with the power of their badge. They don't realize that they're they're outnumbered a thousand to one, and eventually, if the people get set if, if set, fed up with them, they're going to become the target. If not, it's going to be the politician. Maybe the politicians may have that. And I'm not suggesting that that should be the case, but you know, like any like any society that's ever existed when you beat down and abuse your people to the point to where you think that they should just submit to you and you you try to you try to defeat them instead of actually instead of actually talking to them and discussing and compromising see anybody can anybody can sit there and say because I have the guns I have the right to make, make your make your life miserable that's a, that's the very idea of a dictator or authoritarianism. Now, there are some spoiled children out there that you can't talk to. That's why a lot of unfortunate people who make terrible mistakes belong in jail. And they belong in jail until they learn to shape up, or if they don't shape up, then they, they belong in jail. Because they're going around abusing people and they're hurting people. That's the whole point of the, the when I say hurting people, they're physically harming them. Or they're taking, depriving them of their property rights. And irrespective of what Marxists think, people deserve their property. They earned it. It's their property. It's not yours. You don't get it just because you think that that's something their ancestors did 500 years ago. Or 200 years ago. Or 150 years ago. You know, not everybody is... Uh, the vast majority of people are not, are not out here taking from other people. They got it through... They got it through a proper land acquisition. They got their property through buying it, just like you did. The fact that everybody is just like taxation. We know taxation is a form of theft. It just is. Now, we're all willing to pay a little bit of taxes to get, uh, get some services, but the problem has become, and this is a key problem, is that the size of our government has grown exponentially over the past 40 to 50 years. And these pe- people are just are do-nothings. All they do is push paperwork around and make bills. So I've gotten off on a, tan- a tangent here, but the thing is is the uh, this has led to a lot of us to feel very defeated, and I'm going to let Patrick Byrne talk for about 20 minutes, and then we'll get back into what this podcast was supposed to be about. I didn't structure it very well.
1: <laughs> Selection, if you, it has, has no, this is just, 2.2 million votes at one level in five states there's there's zero so this is an egg that cannot be unscrambled at this point i think they're going to have to so what the remedy is i don't know i think the supreme court's going to have to consider dramatic remedies like i would the least injurious to the constitution is to have all they have a special master run an investigation for four weeks or two weeks or you know these different plans that i've to you and but just really maybe they just send it all back to this to the senate to uh to the state to the state legislatures to recommit their electoral votes maybe they maybe they rerun the 2020 election but we're we're living under you know when people see this data there's just no question i feel kind of silly i don't i don't want to bayonet the wounded with it's if people after seeing this data are still fighting Either they're just you know evil, or they're they're delusional. They're living. I mean, we have to treat we have to treat them almost like they're a bit deranged, because this we have the iron the, the data. It's ironclad, it's, and there's no way they, the other side can defend against it. Is anybody working? I mean, that's a great point you're making because if they are deranged or delusional,
2: I'm just saying you know we have to be here with open arms for all the people that right. didn't believe it.
1: Out of a cult, the bubble that a cult creates around them, and they get deprogrammed and they see the world as it is. It's psychologically painful, and we should remember to embrace them with open arms, and not mock them or laugh at them for the fact that they joined some a cult, essentially, which is the belief system of the of the of the goon left. Do you
2: think Myanmar? What went, what went down in Myanmar in that election process? Several months ago is sort of a, uh, a bellwether for what's going to be coming here. Should the, should the should our government be looking over there? I mean, is there a reason that Joe Biden and, and everybody's speaking out about what happened in Myanmar? When you see pictures of President Obama and George Soros and Hillary Clinton with the uh, the former pre- the president who was, elect- was elected but not elected and arrested, and the military steps in, do you think that that sort of foreshadowing is that maybe?
1: I don't know. I sure I sure don't want to think about this going to violence. I think in terms of solutions that are. I think in terms of solutions that are nonviolent and involve things like uh, what do they call truth and reconciliation commissions in African countries. After there's been some horrible event, and, you know, arms getting chopped off and all that kind of stuff, they. They have; they don't just try to prosecute fifty thousand people. They have a truth and reconciliation process, where people are given the opportunity to come forward and acknowledge what they did. And anything you come forward and say you did, you get—you uh, can't be prosecuted for it. But if you leave something out, then they, so they did this in South Africa after apartheid, and the guards, you know, would come out and say, "Well, and I beat prisoners and this and that." But if you left out and then you'd be given immunity. Anyway, I think that some. Something crazy like that has to happen here, but they they have a real problem. They, you know, they if they're willing to if they want to go to civil war, they may want to call, to call, go to civil war while they have the military and the everything on their side. But as this data becomes available, they're completely delegitimized. Every law they sign, everything they do is can be challenged through lawsuits. So everything can, so my guess is. So I think the Supreme Court should order a redo on the election, maybe in just those six states in question, and that's what should happen, or redo it for the 50 states. I don't know, but with and they do it on paper ballots, and I think that the whatever unit in the army ran the elections in Iraq and gave everyone the blue thumbs, something like that. But and all the slop has to be taken out of it, and anyone who, you know, at this point it's ridiculous for anyone to tell you they know that these machines are. Can't be hacked, it so something like that's going to have to be done.
2: Talk to me, you know, you're, an unsung, you're not an unsung hero, you're a very well recognized hero in this process, Patrick. You spent an enormous amount of time, your money. Uh, you didn't even vote for President Trump in either election, but you support this, the process of, what of course, fathers built on this country. I can't. Lydia
0: i could go on further with his interview he says a lot of different things he, he later t- discusses the great reset and uh, I've been having trouble with this broadcast so i want to i, I want to end it um, in a decent way and and whatnot i think what I was trying to get to with this the idea of defeat is uh, even with what he was mentioning this truth uh, he doesn't want to go down that road um, I, that was a Poor mentioned by him About truth and reconciliation Because that's something that the The left has been pushing And it's a dangerous It's it's so dangerous We have such a dangerous uh, Group of individuals that are running around here When I say they're dangerous They're dangerous because they don't know what they're doing They don't have a And they're being deployed by people Who know exactly what they're doing And that's the danger it's not so much they're dangerous because they're useful idiots, and they're running around the BLM people, who, uh, I, as we've heard the the story with Patrice Colors and their four, three or four, uh, real estate investments in Los Angeles, including a 1.2 million dollar home, which is really nice. I mean, that kind of shows you where the money's going and how our corporate America has been hijacking or trying to hijack um, future elections um they're trying to put pressure on states who are trying to make changes to their election laws and what their changes are for the most part now I don't know every one of them but the the most part the biggest thing is they want voter id which is makes sense everybody in the society knows what id is and there is nothing about there is nothing suppressive about asking for id because in just about every instance you can think of, you have to produce some form of ID. If you go to the grocery store and you try to buy liquor, they will they will request an identification from you if they if they figure that you're under the age of, I think that's under the age of 39 or under the age of 40. I've been carded at, I've been carded uh, over 40 years old. I've been carded at uh, a Hooters. <laughs> I've been carded at uh, a grocery store. This was a few years ago. Uh, with regards to alcohol purchases they can charge you for tobacco they can, the state itself the state itself has requested that you have a ha, you in order to drive a vehicle you have to have a, a, a picture form of your identification now what percentage of the adult population does not have any form of picture identification just take a guess would you think it's 5% Is it 2%? Is it 1%? Who knows? And people can say, well, it's very costly. Uh, There was an article by Zero Hedge that showed the average cost to get a picture identification in the United States, at least currently, is around about $6.50, somewhere in that area. I think in Indiana, I think the driver's license, a replacement driver's license now, the cost is up to $20. $20 for a, a picture identification. Some states it's probably like three. So it varies, but ostensibly it's like the cost of, uh, you know, uh, renting, you know, two or three videos online, you know, from wherever place you go to, like five bucks a video. So we're talking three video rentals, um, whether no matter where you go to. Uh, So I'm not seeing this as being the issue uh, at, at maximum. I don't, there's no, there's nothing prohibitive about this. This is just, this is for, for our society, for techies in particular to make any kind of argument against this. It's quite interesting considering it's 2020 and you're complaining about identification. When you, when in many cases you have to provide two or three forms of identification into their systems in order to gain access to their systems. You know, you have to have a phone number and you have to have a, some kind of other cross verification to to show you are who you say you are usually an email um and it has to be linked together, so why is our voting system so uh difficult? Why is it so hard to i mean really, like he said, the paper ballot should be done, and the simple thing is all states should i mean yes, there's always going to be exceptions. This is the reason why the Democrats always play these games. They always look at the extreme examples, the extremist examples. well, you know you know for example, they do that with abortion. you know the extreme example of oh, you know there's, there's, there's possibility to pert defects or um, what if the woman's raped? We're talking about less than 10% of the, the 10% of quote unquote uh, reasons for abortion are fall into those categories. The overwhelming majority of them is just for convenience of choice. That's why they 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 want to do it. They want to do it based on on choice, and that not, has nothing to do with the actual um, uh, the 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 detriment. Now, granted, it's a detriment to a woman who has a baby out of wedlock, but there's a, there's a certain amount of responsibility that we ex, uh, that we would expect to assign to a woman who reaches a certain age and yet yet has a, has a inter, uh, extramarital or a premarital affairs, an extramarital. Well, they do that too, but premarital is the one that they're most concerned with. So if you have a, decide to, um, you know, like anything else, if you have to, now people see see that as being square or being too conservative or whatever. It's like, well, you know, I think that's something that I've uh, been able to avoid. But then again, I'm a guy, so it's a different thing. But if a woman is going to make that choice, then she's going to have to, come to terms with the consequences of that action. Maybe that's the reason why you're not supposed to do it. Just thinking, you know, that used to be the they also used to be the Catholic Church's position too, that you know, sex was for marriage, not before marriage. But uh, of course, you know, we don't live in that reality anymore because we have too many people that that, that want to put what feels good to, above was what is, what is good. And it's very difficult and we all fall short of that. But the biggest problem is is that certain people who, who, who do stuff like that and do suffer the punishment and the consequences for their actions, you know in, in essence, they lose. They're defeated. When they lose, uh, some people lose gracefully, whereas others are looking for ways to change the law. They want to change it to fit and benefit their life. It's very easy when you're young to always want things to be changed in order to benefit yourself. I mean, don't you think that's the definition of selfishness? That you only think of yourself and you don't think of anybody else? Of course, because people under the age of 25, in, in particular, or, or who haven't fully matured, will always feel that way. Now, I did. I'm not going to deny it. That didn't mean I went, but I also wasn't an activist. I didn't go around marching in the streets and holding up signs and doing whatever. I was too independent, and I just figured I might as well fix things on my own accord instead of trying to cry to the government or cry to somebody to to solve my problems for me. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand that mentality. But then again, that's that's the and 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 in that particular time frame, I was probably more of a. I would have been considered a conservative Democrat. Um, <laughs> I would have, I would have had that kind of, uh, ambiguity because of the way I, just the way I was raised, uh, that changed over time. But now we have people that, you know, the vast majority of people in our country aren't that aren't this radical, but the 10% that are, that are extremely radical. And then the other 20 or 30% that are just, uh, they think something like socialism works on a, on a general basis, Enough so that we have a generation uh, Like an entire generation Who's grown up thinking Being fed socialist lies Because of course They learned them from school And they've learned them From a poor education system That tries to teach them this And they've learned it From an education system That's taught them that China's good And the United States is bad Um Even though they They just ignore The the topics that they Don't want to Mention or bring up Um and that isn't to say that the United States hasn't done terrible things it has. But those that haven't been done by the United States. They've been done by the United States politicians in Washington DC. Uh, they're done by people who have a have a <laughs> have a um let's just say they have hardly no understanding of what the United States constitution is supposed to be, be operable for. Um there was a, a key aspect of our constitution that gets overlooked over and over again. That there was a key aspect of of our, our founders who say we shouldn't get involved in foreign entanglements. But now we have a, a pro a pro, uh, pro uh, entanglement type of government governance. Um, you know, the world's police and the, you know stuff like that. Um, I remember when liberals. This wasn't that far long ago, but at least in the 80s for certain, when liberals used to complain about us being the world's cop. Now we have liberals that want to be the world's cop. It's kind of it's kind of idiotic, but then uh, the conservatives, uh, there's conservatives that, said, you know, of course the, the fake ones like uh, George Bush, George W. Bush, who isn't a conservative, he's just an asshole, uh, who was out there going, well, we got to fight the terrorists over there so we don't have to fight them over here. Well, guess what? Um, not only don't we have to fight him over there, uh, maybe you should spend more time trying to fight him. Down. For a guy who's from Texas, for example, and was a Texas governor, it's pretty shitty that your southern border is still as porous as it has been, and that you you know, you know, aren't, you aren't down there with Governor Abbott trying to give him moral support to try to fix it. Nope, you're too busy making commercials with Barack Obama about the vaccine and how you should stick it in your arm. Shows you, uh, shows you how idiotic that guy is. It shows you how how uh, conveniently aligned people like Bush and Obama and Clinton are. Uh, they're so aligned, and they're the reason why your your country sucks right now, because they the, all three of those uh, presidents had enough administrative juice that they had in Washington D.C. that it did everything he could to hijack Trump while he was in office. And this isn't to say Trump did everything right. He didn't. But no president ever does. But those three prior presidents were doing everything in their power to subvert and undermine him. Obviously Clinton, for example, was you know part and parcel to that. But the other two were just bad. And Biden is just, you know, <laughs> Biden just put, literally just installed back in all the Obama idiots that you could think of. And put them back in power positions. And in some cases more powerful positions. Which leads us to the uh, wrap up here. Um, uh, defeat, you know, is it, something where we each have to face that thing at some point or another. But it, it's a, it's a incumbent upon all of us to realize that when we do win, that we should treat the other side as best we can. And that isn't to say, like, you know, there's a lot to be learned from that. How you win, how how you win. For example, tells as much about you as how you lose. So you know they say if you lose gracefully. So for example, even even with this uh, election loss, and even though I I, I I know everything I need to know about D- Biden, it doesn't mean i I don't accept I don't accept him as a I don't accept him as a president only from the fact that I know that he's 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 a uh, dirty dealing and he's backstabbing us as, as we speak every day. And based upon his policies, he's showing that. See, if he if his policies had concurred or aligned with trying to keep America uh, together and and doing things that were rational, like for example, not uh, not doing a 180 on the border, not killing the Keystone pipeline, not uh, trying to push through a House bill, not trying to push vaccine passports, etc., etc. If he wasn't doing any of those things, if he was actually trying to work with, work not so much work with the Republicans because the Republicans are just as corrupt as he is. But if he was actually working on policies that 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 seem to think, okay, I care about the American people, he'd be much more tolerable. But he isn't. I don't care. He may have the the left sold on the idea that he can throw a bunch of money at him, but well, that's only you know. I mean, think about it. Um, Patrick Bernie mentioned this, and others have mentioned this. We've thrown, we've printed more money in the past nine months than we did in the prior, you know, 200 years. Almost, I think like 40 percent of our money supply now has been printed up in the last, just in the past year. That's incredible, and it tells you how stupid we are. It tells you who's been doing, it. and it hasn't been just Trump that's done that. That's the Fed. He doesn't. Have, uh, the Federal Reserve isn't controlled by President Trump. It's controlled by the the Fed. That's the reason why it's one of the most dangerous uh, parts of our, our um, country, because it's uncontrollable. And the people that sit on the board there at the Fed um, have done everything they can to undermine us as a country, because they get so much power, and they're out of sight, out of mind. And they're they're literally almost beholden to nobody. And it's quite entertaining, because the only people they talk to are bankers. And so who do the bankers talk to if they don't talk to Washington D.C., they're matter of fact. Uh, a lot of those bankers now are just going off script and just doing what they want to do. They think they're more powerful than the rest of us. If it wasn't for us, the bankers wouldn't exist. Um, I mean, two thousand nine showed that we could have put all those banks under. We probably could have. We could have buried the entire world economy if we had a, instead of uh, if the, instead of the American taxpayer bailing out the banks. If we had just told them to get bent and been done with it but of course we we didn't have the say so but we could have railed against it see most people will go along because they just don't want any they don't want to most of us are are peace-loving law-abiding citizens who just want to go along to get along the problem is that the politicians know that because they're all a bunch of selfish pricks they're selfish and and ostensibly they're evil and they look at weakness as a sign that, uh, that that we're defeated they see themselves as victors. They think because they win an election, they get to lord it over your head and say, aha, I have you because I'm the power. I'm in charge," and that's what they've been doing. That's what the Democrats have been doing ever since uh, January sixth. They've been using. They've been trying to beat everybody over the head, even though January sixth wasn't isn't at all the way it was portrayed. I mean, first for example, they 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 decided not to charge the guy who. They charge the guy that shot Ashley Babbitt. Now she's dead. At least according to all reports. And I haven't seen her funeral a bit yet. But she's gone. And the guy, we don't even know his name. But the funny thing is, is any other case where a human being has been shot and killed in the United States of America, we know who the person did it. We usually know their name. Is this person so special that, they, that we don't need to, we, don't get the, we don't get to know his name? That's kind of interesting. Wouldn't that be kind of unusual that you know we don't know who the person? Is? I mean, I mean, it, you can go around killing persons and you you have the anonymity to to take care take care of business. I mean, we even knew who shot. Uh, we at least knew who who went after uh, Osama bin Laden. Was it SEAL Team Six or whatever? I mean, we at least knew that much. We don't even know that with this this scenario. So it's quite interesting. Um. I, I wanted to discuss the I wanted to discuss the topic of defeat, um, in the sense that uh, uh, we we must be aware that when when the side that wins turns out to be um, vindictive and deceitful, then you or they rapidly try to make a uh, decision. Make decisions that make it seem like they, they annihilated you. When in reality they barely won. That should tell you something. It tells you something about their moral character. And the best thing you can do is continue. Then, as the defeated, you must continue to fight the battle, in whatever way you can. Uh, and by fighting the battle, you have to, you know, just make your voice known, improve your tactics, improve your skill set, and let it be known to other people that that uh, no you weren't uh, defeated on a on a fairer term you were defeated by uh, slickness of propaganda or defeated by other means. Um, in this case that's what's happened in the recent months. I think in many cases we're being we're being bludgeoned over the head with uh, stupid stuff that nobody can nobody can comprehend if you're a normal rational person so. I'm going to leave it there. Um, I've appreciated trying to <laughs> uh, trying to deal with technology today. It's it's been a rough day, at least in my in my view. I'm going to close out with uh, the John Adams um, 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 soundtrack um, opening credit soundtrack. I hope everybody has an enjoyable day and. Um, do your best to overcome defeat and um, focus on uh, focus better than I did on this broadcast and focus on the things that you can, the little wins that you can garner and learn that uh, the United States isn't dead yet. We're still alive as a people and we can still overcome. Thank you and God bless America.